0: Now
1: he is your host, Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper and a big welcome to the Business Elevation Show on Voice America. Wonderful to be back with you and today talking about great leadership development secrets. Uh, Firstly, a big thank you to my guest last week, Jared Nichols, and what a valuable conversation. We talked about five key drivers of change that you must all be aware of. And uh, we're all aware about climate change, but we talked about virtual reality. We talked about um, about big data. And we, we talked about um, you know other areas like artificial intelligence. And we need to sort of think about the, our strategies about how we adapt to them. Um, but if you're interested in the future and uh, you're thinking about that for your business and how you take advantage of these kinds of opportunities and work with them, then do listen to the show. So back in November... Uh, two of today's panel, Rolene and Steve, joined me with Elizabeth Finberg-Hurn to talk about leading with love or leading with fear. And the show feedback was just um, so good, except uh, we, we came from the perspective more of leading with love, because I think that's you know, what my network and uh, those people I tend to connect with uh, really operate with. Mm-hmm. And um, we therefore going to kind of really believe in that. And we thought that another interview to follow up and uh, together and talk about this time our experience as developers of people will be very helpful now elizabeth today is celebrating a friend's birthday in stockholm so um i'm hoping that during this interview we'll be able to connect with hillary wilson probably at the 20 minute mark uh, who's going to join us as well um so but between us we've got an enormous amount of experience working and studying in the field of leadership development so i think we're going to be a great group to have a chat about this So, as you know, we chatted about this um, concept of being a good leader last time, but how do you develop great leaders who are heart-centered rather than just head-centered? And why is it that it often takes a talented external party to unlock the potential within your leaders and teams? So what are the behaviors, the techniques, the tools that you can uh, use and apply to do this successfully? Now, my passion personally for 30 years has been helping leaders, teams and business owners to realize more of their potential and to help companies build really thriving workplaces. And It takes a lot of investment in learning and skills development to become you know, highly recommended in this craft. So I wanted to invite other leadership developers and friends of mine who are top of their game to discuss their secrets. So we have Rowlene Boxham. Rowling is the co-founder of Presence at Work, which is a collective leadership business based out of the Netherlands, and also Stephen Morris, who's an artist, a writer, an entrepreneur and creative leadership expert from San Diego. Um, I'm also hoping that uh, one of the best-kept secrets in terms of coaches in the UK, um, professional speaker and coach, Holly Wilson, who's worked with uh, 60% of the FTSE 100 companies in the UK will be able to join us as well during this interview. We just lost her a little earlier due to a technical hitch. So, Let's discuss our perspectives on what works in today's quest to create highly engaged, authentic, high-performing leaders. So, um, welcome to uh,
2: Rolene and Steve. Thank you, Chris. It's an uh, honor and thrill to be here again with you.
3: Yeah, same for me, Chris. It's, uh, it's a joy to be, sh- be on the show with you and awesome. with you, uh, Steve.
2: Well, thank you, Rolene. Same here. <laughs>
1: yeah <laughs> thank you we got this. steve's over in san diego uh Rowling's in the netherlands i'm in the uk um so we're, we're really kind of spanning the <laughs> spanning the um, atlantic at the moment um, so let's um last time we chatted a bit about your backgrounds and obviously you've, you've both, all, both done some amazing amazing things but i i think we should get straight down to it today as a follow-up to the last show. And, you know, I describe great leaders as highly engaged, authentic, high-performing. You know, what do you think are the characteristics of great leadership that we need to develop, Raleen?
3: Well, I, first of all, I really <clears throat> agree with you uh, that, 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 uh, that this is like very important. But I also think to get to highly engaged, authentic and high-performing leadership, uh, we, need, uh, we need to tap into other we need to tap into actually our body more and more into uh, leadership and in raising our consciousness. So I think uh, that we uh, really need much more self-awareness and body awareness, actually, to, um, to, be, uh, to lead uh, more accurate in the moment. For, to just to, want to mention one thing.
1: So when you say body awareness, what do you mean by that?
3: Yeah, that, you know, your body is your compass, your body talks to you in a way all the time, it gives all these signals uh, that if we, are, if we are present enough, we could pick up on uh, what, what is needed in a way in the moment. If our heart starts to pound or we feel, have a knot in our stomach or our or, uh, or, um, breath is like very fast, it's all information about what's going on in our immediate environment uh, the very moment. And it's in a way our body telling us what's needed next into our leadership.
1: And is this what we is is this so there's a, a personal awareness of that? And yeah. is there also an awareness? You know, I, I think I've, you know, in NLP terms they call it sensory acuity. Is that yeah. for other people? Yeah,
3: right? it's. I think it's self awareness. I think it's the number one uh, leadership skill with, because everything starts with self awareness. Self awareness of where you are. What's happening in your immediate environment? Uh, what's needed next? I think it's uh, the number one leadership skill, actually.
2: Yeah. Uh, how about you, Steve? What are your thoughts? Yeah, I would uh, I would echo that, and maybe even take it a step further. You know, one of my sort of guiding principles in leadership work is is, and this comes from my years of working with uh, you know more than three thousand business leaders across the across the globe. Is that um, it's my belief that better people make better leaders. And the more work that the individual, the leader, has done on themselves in their own personal journey, the better the leadership environment that they can actually create. And while certainly, you know, awareness or self awareness is a big part of that. I actually think that, um, you know, when a leader truly understands where their strengths and weaknesses are, uh, when they have the humility to address those things and and truly bring their humanity into their work environment, uh, they can actually create an environment where it gives other people permission either on their leadership team or throughout their organization to show up as that fiercely vulnerable and courageous part to themselves. So, you know, this better people make better leaders is something that will ultimately appear in my upcoming book uh, called The Beautiful Business. And there's a whole chapter on leadership and really awakened leadership. And one of the elements I think also that I create great leaders is this uh, ability for the leader to create an environment of belonging, where people actually choose to, through their alignment of core values, choose to join an organization and not just work for that organization. Mm. That's beautiful. Uh, it's beautiful, yeah. It's yeah,
1: beautiful. So good, good, good
2: title for your new book, I think. <laughs> Thanks. I'm, I'm going to note that, Chris, on, oh. I'm curious on your perspective. What what are the attributes that, that you feel make um, a great leader, and or even a great leadership team? I, I think,
1: I think for me, I think I, I'm completely in agreement with with both of you. I, I think that you know the first thing it is. It all starts with you, doesn't it? As a leader and as an individual, and you know, being the best version of yourself, and being able to take take feedback um, internally and from the external world, and hold up a mirror to yourself to see, you know, how, you know, what what kind of person am I? Who do I want to be? Where do I want to go? What's my purpose in life, as well? And therefore, being kind of purpose-led, um, but also being prepared to take that longer perspective, such that when you look back in your older days you know you look back at your life and how you behaved and you were the kind of person that you wanted to be and I think it's, it's partly discovering who you are and it's not it's not looking at another leader in your business and decide I want to be like them it's looking at who who you know who you are and, be, and becoming the best version of that which takes a lot of say holding that mirror up looking mm-hmm. at your behavior making adjustments trying different things but you but there's a point that arises where suddenly people start to become attracted to you because you have that humility that you've spoken yeah. about, you know, that presence that you've spoken about uh, there, uh, Rolene.
3: Yeah, and also I think when you've really made sense of your life stories, you know, that, that you're not your stories, but that you've come, uh, like uh, uh, made, come across that and uh, put it in perspective and are leading from 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 that and uh, determine your values through it, as also what you said, Steve.
1: I think yeah uh, the, the values Steve are important I think I think though too, I think it's that that I think a really important thing today is is the ability to actually do what's right and being learning and developing yourself such that actually you you're not just following the herd, you're getting to the bottom of what core challenges and issues are and are prepared, even if it means that you've got to stand on your own to, um, to identify a problem and come up with the right solution. And we're often was swayed by others, aren't we? I think there's something in a great leader who's prepared to, to stand firm uh, with their values, with who they are, and are prepared to take somebody, others, into a direction, perhaps maybe they've not been before. That's not always, maybe this the easy one, but it's the right one.
3: Yeah, or maybe stand alone sometimes, huh? that you stand firm in your beliefs and you're not belonging.
2: <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh,
3: <laughs> I think that's also yeah, true know, leadership yeah. where you stand, dare to stand for who you are.
2: Yeah, Maya Angelou has a, a great saying and I'm probably gonna, uh, well, I'll just paraphrase it. You know, she says that as the individual and, uh, and she's really speaking about um, the human endeavor of living, and uh, and what certainly implies to leadership principles. uh, Those who have that ability to belong everywhere and nowhere at the same time are the ones that have that ability to stand firm in their trustable ground of their own belief system and yet fit in or rather belong everywhere at the same time because they know through that trustable ground on which they stand, that they're also part of the human race, which is inextricably connected to all other living things, including other humans. And so, that ability to have your own core set of belief systems and know truly who you are, and this really underscores the point of leaders um, really being required to do their own work on themselves. And, Chris, as you pointed out, uh, you know, spending a lot of time looking. Uh, deeply into the mirror to understand where your skill set is and then have that ability to really belong nowhere and everywhere at the same time. And that allows that leader in certain circumstances to uh, stand alone, uh, even when it might go against the grain of popularity or even against the grain of what um, other people might expect for that individual.
1: I I, I think when... When I read that, Steve, that had a profound impact on me and what you've just, just said there. I mean, we've we've talked about this quote before between us, haven't we? And yeah. it, it 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 is it is a very, very important. It is it is it is something that's quite profound, but also once you get that point that you 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 can be everywhere, you can get on well with people, but you can also you don't you don't have to belong anywhere. <laughs>
2: yeah yeah it's, it's powerful And powerful i'm curious with the with the physicality that you talk about in your work you mm-hmm. know there is a there's an element of essence of where is it that you stand in the world and having an awareness of that i'd love to hear a little bit more about how you work with people in that particular realm
3: yeah well <clears throat> it's um like it's it's more and more known now that we actually have like uh, three um three intelligence centers. It's not only the cogn- cognitive ro- brain, which is very much about problem solving, but we also have the emotional heart brain, which is actually about consciousness and uh, have, uh, knowing your feelings and leading from values in a way. And it's also the heart is like a, a sensing center. It's sensing where, where it's where we can also grow in our systemic ability to sense the world around us. And then we have like the gut, the gut brain, where we digest emotions, but where we also, in a way, grow our self-esteem and our, and our confidence. And so we, we've actually developed an assessment method to identify how you, how you use these intelligence, intelligence centers and what your preference is. And in a way, we need to open up to all, to all three of these intelligence centers, all of us, and we have, have a preference in it. So we work with uh, yeah, martial arts and Aikido, sort of an approach uh, to, to work with people to identify their nat- natural talents and strengths and also to recognize it in, in other people. So it's very much about moving, it's very much about uh, an energetic, getting an energetic sense uh, and, and also to grow into uh, the whole body strength it's often people find it very um, relaxing because it also puts the pressure off the brain. It's more like distributing it through the whole body now.
1: Great. Well, we're afraid we're going to have to go to a commercial break now. We've, we've just run out of time, so we will yeah. find out a little bit more about after, after the break. But we'll be back <laughs> with you again in just uh, just a couple of minutes.
4: Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network.
0: You were tuned into the Business Elevation Show with your host Chris Cooper. If you have a question or comment about our show, please direct your emails to chris at chriscooper.co.uk. That's Chris at chriscooper.co.uk. Now back to Chris Cooper.
1: Hi, this is Chris Cooper. And before we go into the next segment, I just need to mention our sponsors who both got amazing um, products. Um, fresh books. Do you remember when you started your small business and it was no small feat? You took a, a lot of late nights, early mornings, the occasional nighter. But bottom line, you've been insanely busy ever since. So Why not make things a little easier? Our friends at FreshBooks have got the solution. FreshBooks invoicing and accounting software is designed specifically for small business owners. Simple, intuitive, and keeps you way more organized than a dusty shoebox filled with crumpled receipts. You can create and send professional-looking invoices in 30 seconds, get them paid two times faster with automated online payments. File expenses even quicker, keep them organized for tax time. And the best part, it grows alongside your business. And with FreshBooks, you've got a tool you can need when you need them without having to learn the ins and outs of accounting. 24 million people use FreshBooks, and you can try it free for 30 days, no catch, no credit card required. Go to freshbooks.com slash elevation and enter the business elevation show in the how do you hear about us section to get started. I also want to mention something which uh, I think is... Um, it's great. Um, that's $50,000 in grant money. If you start a business working in nutrition, mind, body, wellness or promoting healthy lifestyles, then listen up. Um, if you're like me, you know how challenging it is to start your own business. So having the right support, more money to work with can only help. And that's where Orgain comes in. Orgain's about providing convenient and clean nutrition. And Andrew Abraham, who set up this business, he developed an original nutritional shake during his fight to beat cancer in his teens to help nourish him. And Andrew realized that he wanted to share his recipe with the world, so he quit his job as a doctor and founded Orgain. And he knows firsthand that people are changing the world one idea at a time, but often these ideas don't have the financial support off the, gro- the, off the ground, and he wants to pay things forward. So Orgain are choosing three deserving startups. They're granting them $50,000 each to help take their business to the next level. So to apply for the program, your startup needs to be two years or older in the process of promoting healthy, vibrant lives, even through nutrition, active lifestyles, or mindfulness. And the application period ends March the 20th, 2020. If you're a good fit, visit orgain.com slash grants. That's orgain.com slash grants today to learn more. So I'm back with Rolene and Steve. I'm not sure if we've managed to find Hillary don't think so I don't think so no that's that sadly um but we're gonna we were talking about great leadership development secrets and uh, and before the break I think just before the break you were talking about your your approach Rolene which is a little bit different I don't know if you wanted to expand a little more Steve you've got a question for Rolene on it
3: yeah, well, I think the the body is uh, sort of a blind spot in leadership development, and I think that's uh, that's what we were are talking about: how the body is, actually has so much uh, so much to offer in the in leadership development. Mm.
1: And 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 we and we talked about that being in terms of understanding that body. I guess a mind-body connection, isn't there? Which yeah, which is important.
3: Yeah, and I think uh, these days, uh, uh, like the world is just spinning so fast and everything is, is connected. The head brain is in a way, the cognitive brain is in a way uh, very slow or it's, it's too slow for the interconnectedness and the fastness in the world. And in a way, we need uh, a, a bigger brain or a bigger mind. And if we use the whole body intelligence, it sort of fuels the brain, it fuels the, the head brain. Uh, to be like sharper or making better sense of all the knowledge uh, that it has. And I think that's uh, that's the the key to also becoming more agile and more um, and more um, faster in a way. I think that the the the, the headbrain is 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 sometimes a bit too slow because it has to has to make sense of everything. It needs to understand everything while our intuition and our feelings and our gut, gut feelings uh, are, are usually very fast.
2: I find that whole line of, of inquiry and practice that you're doing there, Rolene, just absolutely fascinating. You know, we talk about, you know, this um, you know, mindfulness and cultures and even the, the potency of presence in, uh, in leadership as a, as a key quality. And typically, we talk about presence as a, you know, a, a uh, an emotional presence or even an attentive presence. But I think the work—I just find it really interesting—that the work that you're doing includes the physical presence, uh, which is frankly undeniable. I mean, w- when we think about how we communicate as human beings, you know, eighty uh, percent of our sensory input is visual. And only a small portion of that sensory input is verbal. And so how we read into the body language of other people around us uh, and even how we're conscious of the single signals that we send out, um, whether we're the leader of the organization, uh, which we should probably talk about what leadership actually means, Um or if we're working with that particular leader, the the body has to show up. And um, uh, in the world of corporeal writing, uh, they talk about the how the body doesn't lie and how the body um, brings the truth to situations um, through embodied presence. And and you know, me as a writer, I think about that from a writing perspective as well.
3: Yeah, and I think uh, so. The, the 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 head. Uh, heart uh, integration becomes more and more important because to bring all that feelings also to decision making and everything but to open up the heart it really needs to be very vulnerable we have all these fences around it and uh, all the brick walls so in a way we need to be very solid in our gut and feel very grounded and centered to open up our hearts on top of that and I think when we are like Really physically uh, uh, living in our whole uh, uh, body, not just our heads, then you know the heart also opens up easier, and uh, and uh, and the heart, the head-heart connection is is, um, is, 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 is magical then, huh? Yeah. But it's uh, it's new territory in a way, uh, but it's also very exciting. Mm.
1: What, um steve what's what's the angle that you come from when you're what do you, what do you think is the is is, is the, the best sort of technology to help you know unlock this
2: leadership potential yeah, I'm not sure that it's a technology uh, uh, other than, um, you know, the thing that we forget in business a lot is that most of business is done uh, as a human-to-human endeavor, and I think the more that we can tap into uh, our understanding of how human dynamics actually work and how they work for us and and how leaders and really anyone on a, on a, on a team or within an organization, how they can amplify their understanding and application of how um, we humans connect, communicate, and and relate to one another in the work environment. I think the more that we can leverage those principles and practice skills that uh, actually create healthy leadership and healthy teams and environments that, like I was saying before, include the element of belonging um, so that everyone has a voice, a say, and a perspective. And, you know, it's interesting as we think about leadership, um, you know, it, it might be even be interesting to define what we think a leader actually is. And if I were to be asked that question, I would say it's really anyone within the organization. Um, a lot of the work that I do is with organizations that are either dismantling top-down leadership uh, or reassembling a set of more flat leadership types of roles and responsibilities. And in the flat leadership type of organization, uh, it's much more the uh, Australian aboriginal type of thinking where anyone given time or moment, anyone could be the leader of a team. And that really only requires agency and uh, responsibility for uh, the individual to step in, excuse me, and take over. Uh, whatever's required with um, for the organization at that point. And so, you know, in, from my perspective, leaders can be the person who just started their position but has a, a job and responsibility in working with other people, uh, or the leader can be a manager who's director of either the sales or the marketing team and have people reporting to them, or ultimately they can go and uh, be the, the CEO of the organization.
3: Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like for everyone to recognize in the moment when you have like talent, insights, uh, experience, uh, where you can contribute and step forward. Huh?
1: Yeah, I think from uh, from my my perspective, you talk about the mind, body, and we talked about the you know what is leadership, and it's kind of everybody. Um, for me, one of the things that the things that I I tend to work with that I find is is very helpful is to help people to understand where they're naturally in their flow and where they're not as an individual yeah. and I, think, I think that's a really important element you know some people are more naturally in their flow when it comes to creativity and big picture thinking and others are more uh, you know, naturally in their flow when it comes to communicating and people and you know, marketing and and coaching, and others are more doing more grounded day to day operational running of a and leading of a, a business. You know, maybe uh, doing that that day to day tempo of a business, and others are more detailed, and they're you know maybe a little more introverted as leaders, and they're better with kind of numbers maybe than people. But once you understand where you sit and where your natural energy sits, and those areas that you've got to really raise your energy to perform, then. What you what you find from that is that you can then build the right team around you and be a more effective yeah. leader. That's, um...
2: Yeah, that reminds me of a, a, a situation I was working with a particular CEO, and um, I remember a comment that he he said to me in, and it was a kind of a quasi public setting. It, it, it was um, a leadership team development uh, um, workshop that I was running. And he he actually said in front of his team, you know, I don't have enough charisma to be a leader. And I found that that particular comment just a, a, an incredibly beautiful comment, but also one where it it allowed us as a as a team essentially uh, through my guidance to to talk about the role of charisma in leadership. And Chris, this goes back to your point where. It re- ultimately, what I said to this individual is I said, well, you know, there's lots of different forms of leadership. And I think the best people who are in their flow, to your point, uh, are truly authentic and they have a sense of clarity about who they are, and where their strengths are. And maybe they they're not the most charismatic person on the planet, but I don't think charisma is necessarily the only marker for a good leader. And my, my my invitation to him was to be your best self. And really what frankly happened in this particular situation is, you know, his entire leadership team around him, uh, you know, the managers that and the VPs that, that essentially reported to him said, you know, we'd love it when you are authentic and vulnerable and and present and real. And we take that all day long over someone mm-hmm. who has this, you know, a, a a massive off the off the charts measure of of charismatic capability.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Coffee? Yeah, and I, I sorry. Come,
3: well, I'm just thinking. So, talking about leadership skills, I think a leadership skill is that you're able to harness all the talent around you, that you that you're able to bring diversity uh, to your team to to match all, the, all these talents. I think that's 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 very important.
1: Mm. And what have you, Hilary? I think you're you're back now. Are you? Are you with us?
3: I
4: am. I am. Wow. I'm delighted to be joining in the conversation.
1: <laughs> lovely, lovely to have you with us. Uh, and we, we've just been talking a little bit about, you know, kind of leadership skills and what are the components of components of a leader and maybe how we would access them. And I'm, I'm interested to your work, your work, you know, what, what have you found that maybe maybe the key skills, maybe the key kind of secret ways that you've worked with leaders to unlock their potential?
4: I think that journey very much starts with a leader looking in the mirror metaphorically and getting a sense of where he or she feels strong and in flow and intuitive. but it's also, in my experience, about looking at the vulnerable parts, the parts of ourselves that we don't like, that we're not so comfortable with, that we want to deny. And I've noticed again and again, the thing that most locks a leader is always the key to them, showing up in a way that, that's authentic and powerful. Mm.
1: Excellent, excellent. And do you have any? I mean, Steve, do you have any? Do you have any kind of systems that you utilise? I mean, is it is it just really you know a coaching conversation, or or some training, or or workshop, or do you, do you have some systems that you find helpful? Would they be in you know, online diagnostics or you know, behavioural type? Exercise. What What do you do when you're really helping people access this leadership potential?
2: Yeah, there's a there's a combination of things. I think actually a fusion of one-on-one coaching or or guidance with the individuals, uh, and not just the leader at the top, but the individuals throughout the leadership team, um, and then you know a combination of that with uh, some leadership team coaching, so really fostering, I do a lot of uh, retreats and off-sites with leaders and getting them to uh, ultimately be on the same page with one another about what their belief systems are, uh, what their drivers are as, um, as uh, intrinsic motivations from the leadership team. And then I think, you know, working with the HR department of um, some of the groups that I work with to ensure, because it's one thing to have you know, someone like me or any one of us on on the call here today, come in and and have our expertise applied to an organization. Ultimately, I, I'm going to speak for all of us to some extent. Uh, I believe that you know we want our, the the work that we're doing to take root in the organization. And a lot of the times, I want to work myself out of a out of a job, if you will. Uh, and make sure that the, the entire team takes their own set of responsibilities. And so working with the HR team to ensure that there's some nurturing of leadership at, at all levels within your organization continues to happen. Um, so for me, Chris, it's mostly a combination of one-on-one work, which you know, we could call coaching or guidance, and then team coaching uh, and team uh, retreat type of work. And then uh, there are some workshops and things like that that I do get to deploy, but I I tend to be very custom about that based upon the needs of the organization.
1: Excellent. We've got to get to commercial break again now, so time's running quickly. After the break, we'll talk a little bit more about this, and we'll talk about maybe some components if you're going to put on a great leadership development program in your company. What are some of the key components that you might want to include and uh, if we have time, I'd like to hear one or two examples of where people have been really you know, proud here in terms of where we've intervened and helped to uh, be the catalyst and create something special when it comes to leadership attainment. Back with you again in just a couple of minutes.
0: You are tuned into the Business Elevation Show with your host, Chris Cooper. If you have a question or comment about our show, please direct your emails to chris at chriscooper.co.uk. That's chris at chriscooper.co.uk. Now back to Chris Cooper. Hi,
1: this is Chris Cooper. I'm with Hillary and Steve and Rolene. And uh, before the break there, Steve was talking about the way that he utilizes and runs leadership development and uh, was talking about coaching and, and team coaching and whatever you know i just thought that actually a couple of sort of thoughts that i i have from when i'm i'm doing maybe maybe something similar to you there steve um i find diagnostics quite helpful to do to do a diagnostic with people to understand where they're naturally in their flow and what their style is and that that I think that helps you to have a conversation and some talk some talk about the elephants in the room if it's um, senior leadership I, I find it very helpful to do a actually do a company uh, survey an engagement survey to understand how people are feeling and where they see the the challenges in the organization because often you get ideas and thoughts about it Actually, is a leadership team, we're not we're not communicating enough or you're not we're not clear about what your purpose is or, you know, there's too much conflict or whatever. And that those give you things to kind of kind of work with. And the other thing I love to do, too, is when I've been working with an organization, I've got an example of one I've been working with for 18 months is there's a journey where you're putting in and supporting them on the journey. Um, I also help them put some mechanisms in place like maybe a purpose and vision and values if that's missing or, you know, or, or to um, develop engagement with the company and help them to put their staff into their flow. Um, but what I also um, find is, is great is if once you've been developing and coaching, you get the opportunity to see somebody and and. Um, in, in a position where, where they're being pushed outside their comfort zone and you see them perform. So uh, l- last week I had a, a company day, the first um, company day this company had had when it wasn't just about having a drink and a good time. And with this amazing company day, two leaders I've been coaching and they, I made them uh, facilitate and uh, various sessions um help them with some of the structure of that coach them, but I got to see them perform and push them out of their comfort zone and they did brilliantly. And that was just, you know, enormous pride from, for me personally to see how they'd, they'd shifted and transitioned once they were, you know, in a, a less comfortable um, sort of zone. So I, I don't know, anyway, have you any thoughts on on, on that?
4: Well, uh, quite a few. So I, I think you, you were asking about, you know, what are some of the best leadership development programs doing? And the thing I'm seeing more and more of is the idea of organizations and teams and leaders going on retreat. And I think that can be anything from a five-minute retreat to a two- or three-day retreat where people have space and time to reflect. Mm-hmm. And, Rolene, linking into the work, the wonderful work you're doing around body I've not seen many people come up with extraordinarily creative and paradigm shifting ideas in an airless room surrounded by tech and man made fibre. So I think we'll see more and more of the natural world coming in to leadership development and transformational change. And that doesn't necessarily mean a mountaintop it could be simply doing walk and talk in an urban environment. And I think time to reflect and consider and share wisdom and insight and just chat about how the day is, is a very important part of any change programme because it seems to me we need far more wisdom and a lot less hard work.
1: Mm -hmm. Is is, is that about, is that environment, do you think it enables us to, because I completely agree with you with that, that, does that enable us to connect at a heart level more deeply when we have that time to, to also relax as well?
4: I think that yes I would say because it helps us connect to our heart to our intuition and when we're up moving that creates a very different energy and we know so much more about the fractals in nature and that might mean somewhere wild but equally it might be about being on a busy London street just standing beside a tree so there's a lot, I think, a lot more creativity comes when we're moving, and we are at least looking at sky, breathing fresh mm-hmm. air, and we can see perhaps a blade of grass.
3: Yeah, really, <laughs> it's beautiful what you're saying. It's uh, yeah, it's also encouraging what you're saying that humanity and who we are, and to truly connect, or and to share stories, and to um, yeah, really see each other. I think. Actually, that is crucial in uh, leadership development as well to be able together to create a safe, transformative space yeah, where we can relax, reflect, but where we can also open up, uh, share our stories, and also be seen and uh, seen, by, uh, seen by others, but where we also see someone for who that person is. It's tr- so important in creating trust. And uh, to feel encouraged is it's so crucial, I think, in leadership development. And, um, Hilary, what you're saying is, you know, to bring the humanity and maybe a little bit of a slow pace where we can connect and uh, be in nature, see each other, have dialogue. Uh, I think that's a crucial mm. component uh, that, um, well, I'm happy to say that you say also, like, oh, that's what, we're, what we need more of. We need that more of also to compensate for all the technical and digital uh uh, yeah, innovation huh? to to make sure that we are a part of that and that we upgrade ourselves in a way to match match that dynamic world.
1: And, and Steve, do you think yes, we should?
3: I, sorry.
1: sorry. So, so Steve, do you think we should, you know, push people completely out of the comfort zones? You know, so people oh. are some people take SAS training type camps, or you know, I, I've done up sailing down mountains and things like that. Do you think we could take people to those kind of scenarios?
2: Yeah, I, I well, just from a pure practical standpoint, I think, you know, first and foremost, getting people out of their, their, their standard office or work environment, it changes the landscape and trajectory and, and even their view. And it gets them out of the, the pile of work that's probably already piling up on their desk because uh, there's always more work to be done. And extracting them from that particular environment. And I do think, Chris, that getting people out of their comfort zone, uh, and that can happen in lots of different ways. You know, the work that I do with Libby and Owen uh, at the studio, and we've done a previous conversation with you, uh, where we work with uh, organizations and leaders to um, deploy the tools of artistry, for instance, uh, which are atypical in a business environment and apply that to the leadership world to shift perspective and shift even the mindset to get them thinking differently about uh, not just their place in the world and their role of leadership, but how they might approach leadership from a more wholehearted standpoint. Uh, I, I love also the idea of taking people and getting them into uh, the The natural world and even the physicality of the natural world, uh, a friend of mine runs a program out of North Carolina where he takes people on sailing adventures and you know on you know reasonably small uh, sailboats and teaches them teamwork through sailing and working with the natural environment and uh, nice. Another leader I know is is beginning to take people on surfing expeditions. Um, and you know just getting them out in the ocean and you know we're not talking about the north shore of Hawaii and huge you know 20-foot waves but you know having them work with their own physicality and and do something physical that is out of their comfort zone that can teach them something about um, what it means to cooperate with the uh, the elements of nature.
1: Mm. Well so one we've had uh, Gene Early who's been on the show a few times he which you, you know personally quite well now, Steve, as yeah. well. You know, Gene takes people into into cities, into countries, and puts them in situations. I went with him to Nairobi and to Kenya, and by myself sleeping sleeping out in the open with a Maasai tribe, and uh, and spending time in a in the biggest slum in Africa, and mm. you know, with other leaders and meeting organisations who are. You know, not-for-profit and, and and for profit uh, in these kinds of environments that are different from your own and learning from them. And uh, that was an amazing experience, actually. You you came together as individuals and you, you got to reflect about what was truly important, but you also got a, a very different taste of the world because you were pushed out of your comfort zone just by going. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was very powerful.
3: Yeah, so I think with all these stories having in common is you know that leadership is also about how to... Or to develop that, how do we create circumstances? Yeah, like go sailing or being in the slums, like different from that what you what you're used to, had uh, to experience something new and to um, uh, to uh, develop uh, to see how. Yeah, I think that's that's actually beautiful. So it's also about creating the circumstances for people to experience different things.
2: Mm. Yeah. yeah, and in a way, it's, you know, when we get people into these uh, environments that are out of their comfort zone, in a way, we could see this as a metaphor for the way that work tends to happen. You know, a great deal of the work environment in the corporate world, uh, regardless of organization size, we're constantly confronted with things that are out of our control. And so, how we show up as an individual and face those things and uh, do the response versus the reaction and respond to those things in um, a more centered manner. The more the more we can practice that uh, ability to respond to things that are out of our control, the more comfort that we have when, when we're dealing with them in the work environment.
3: Yeah, and also to relax in that we're not in, in control. I think that's also something that, to, to think about. Are we in control anyway? Yeah. <laughs>
1: I think think it's interesting.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I think we all know we're really not
4: completely in control of this at all. (laughs) No. So, So that sense of developing that intuitive, instinctual inner wisdom that every single one of us has is so powerful. And I was just thinking about a program I'm running for one of the biggest banks in the world around resilience. And one of the things that people talk about a lot and being the value of the program is there's lots of time and opportunity to talk to other people and learn from other people and work with a reverse mentor. So you're not necessarily going somewhere that's very different. You are definitely having a different sort of conversation to broaden your awareness of the world. And I'm really hearing all of us are doing that in our work and Steve, I love the fact that you said, really our job is to do ourselves out of a job and I absolutely <laughs> and totally agree with that.
1: Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I was, I was interested in hearing someone talking about some, some study that had been done on the, the brain and realizing that as you get older, time seems to speed up and it speeds up because as you're younger you're doing new, different things in, in your yeah. life and uh, but when you're older you you've done a lot of these things before but I think when you take people out and give them an experience that's memorable uh, it it really does add to the quality of their life and it becomes a moment that they really remember and a trigger um I think which can which can really lift them and uh, and and bring that that enthusiasm and passion back we're going to go we've got to finish now in, in sort of 2 minutes i'm going to ask you if you've got a final message that you'd like to leave us with uh, roline
3: um well, the, uh, I, I would just say, you know, the body doesn't lie and we should uh, really include that much more into our leadership development. Okay,
1: excellent. And uh, how about you, Hilary?
4: totally uh, with Rolene, trust your gut, tune into your feelings and just make more and more friends with the wise inner you that is always there mm-hmm. wanting to help.
3: Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> and Steve?
2: Yeah, I'll go back to the point that I made at the very beginning, which is my belief that better people make better leaders. And so the, mm. uh, the journey of leadership is really a journey of self-discovery and awakening and awareness. And the more an individual um, at any level of an organization can do their own inner work uh, which you know, yeah. begins with awareness and probably ends with awareness, uh, the, the better leader they're going to be as they do that work.
1: Excellent. Well, I'm just going to sort of finish and, and lead. Well, thank you. It's been amazing talking to you all, and as it always is. And I had the privilege just before Christmas to spend some time in Turkey and and experience uh, and actually interview the head of the Whirling Dervishes and as I was watching these, if if you don't know who the whirling dervishes are, please Google them. But uh, these people kind of spin, and each, on each spin, they're you know praying to to Allah. But it's very beautiful what they do individually. They become very skilled. They become the best they can be at it. Um, but actually, in isolation, you know that's one person spinning. Um, what you have to be able to do is you you all, the all people who are spinning together, and the the kind of grand master, the head. That's what he does. He, everybody he sort of. Kind of coordinating that system. But together, when, when people come together, they're one. And I think there's a, an art in leadership, which is actually helping people to spin as well, to become the best that they can be. And it's not just about you. It's how you get into that outside world as a leader and inspire others to attain the best that they can attain. So on that, on that note, on next week's show, it's the first part of my adventure to discover the mystic philosopher, poet and author Rumi in Konya in Turkey. And I'll, I'll be sharing uh, some uh, things I've learned about Rumi, about his life. And I'm, in, I'm interviewing a 22nd generation relative of Rumi. who's also the vice mm. president of the International Mavlana Foundation. Wow. And Mavlana is, is the Asian uh, name for Rumi. And the director of culture in Konya, who's also the very revered, Head of the whirling dervishes. I mean, there's a, a there's a dervish on the 100 lira Turkish note. Uh, the event I went to, 746th anniversary of Rumi, uh, live mm-hmm. on Turkish TV. Parliamentary members sitting amongst monsters um really really important to the culture of that country so find out more about Rumi next week and there's a part two then the following week so uh, again thank you very much to to steve to rolene to hillary and if you've got any questions thoughts comments do drop me a note at chris at ChrisCooper.co.uk. find out more about hillary go to hillary wilson.net uh, rolene go to presence at com. and for Stephen morris at the, the mth degree.com that's the mth mthdegree.com so thanks thanks everybody and thank Thank you Chris Chris. thank you all
0: we thank you for listening to the Chris Cooper Business Elevation Show please join your host Chris Cooper again next Friday at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel Be more, achieve more.